Good morning, and welcome to Oak Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, August 30th, 2019. Today, we're reading from the Big Book, Chapter 4, and we're on page 51, the second paragraph. We asked ourselves this, reading just one paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Matt M., 12 traditions, Madeline R., and reading the text are Lauren N., Barbara E., and Susan H. The reference numbers for Thursday, August 29th, 2019, are for the 7 a.m., 13336. That's 13,336. And for the 10 a.m. are 13,338. That's 13338. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for membership for members we are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Matt M. to read the 12 steps of OA. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. Here are the steps that are adapted for Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we are powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore our sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible to do so in the of others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, to carry his message to other compulsory ears and to practice his principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Okay, I will now ask Madeline R. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Madeline R. here in Pennsylvania, recovered the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, 
Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And there's a little note, permission to use the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous for adaptation, granted by AA World Services, Inc. I'll pass. Thank you, Madeline. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To press, to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 51, um, Paragraph two, we asked ourselves this, and I will ask Lauren N. to begin reading. Good morning, Katie. Can you hear me? Yes, very well. Thank you. We asked ourselves this. Are we not, are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as were the ancients about the realm of the material? Even in the present century, American newspapers were afraid to print an account of the Wright brothers' first successful flight at Kitty Hawk. Had not all efforts at flight failed before? Did not Professor Langley's flying machine go to the bottom of the Potomac River? Was it not true that the best mechanical minds had proved man could never fly? Had not people said God had reserved this privilege to birds? Only 30 years later, the conquest of the air was, an almost, was almost an old story and airplane travel was in full swing. I'm setting my timer. How 
true that is. Um, yeah, they, you know, think about what's happened in our lifetime. Um, cell phones um, that are computers that are uh, can do things that uh, we could never have done 20 years ago at our fingertips. We can, we're on a phone line that has hundreds of people on it and all are recovered and nobody's paying long distance. How incredible it is how the, um, how all, how God has provided a, a way for us to recover and a way for us to be in recovery that never could have been imagined 20 years ago. When I realize how, when I'm out there and, and picking up the phone and texting people and being, being of service to my, my sponsees and um, they are being of service to me by, by being available. Um, it's a pretty amazing program how we can hold on to God and know that God will help us get where we need to go and how that has changed my life twofold, twentyfold, hundredfold. And with that, I pass. Okay, thank you, Lauren. And so we are on page 51, the second paragraph. If you've not shared in the last couple of days, who would like to share? Please give me your name and the first initial of your last name. Susan H. Susan H. Susie. Susie. Loretta H. Loretta H. Esther C. <laughs> Esther C. Barbara E. Barbara E. Laura S. Laura S. Anita J. Anita J. Okay, let's stop there. Thank you, everyone, for being so just wonderful. Susan H., Susie, Loretta H., Esther C., Barbara E., Laura S., and Anita J. Susan H., you're up first. Thank you. This is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Ohio, and I'm very grateful to be here. Um, what stood out to me this morning out of this, for one thing, is, is air travel was almost almost an ancient, uh, it seems ancient that we would think, oh, it's not possible. Uh, although in Bill's time, yeah, it, it was new. But are not some of us just as biased and reasonable about the realm of spirit as were the ancients about the realm of the material? And that was, that was kind of my dilemma when I was reading this yet. I, I, I still did not want to... Um, it was, I was desperate and I was willing 
but I, it was hard to um, to get over the blockage <laughs> I had created between me and my higher power. So um, I'm grateful for the time and effort it took to read through this with me and help me to connect with my higher power from my sponsor. And I, I hope and pray for that kind of patience to read through and help people connect in a way that is helpful for them. And that, that's my journey. I am just uh, very grateful for my journey, grateful for the learning I continue to do every day in it. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that I was beaten to uh, a point of reasonableness. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Susan. Okay, Susie, you're up, followed by Loretta H. Hi, this is Susie, gratefully recovering this program. Thank, thank you for your service. Um, this paragraph kind of takes me back to another paragraph where um, it was talking about electricity, how we can't see it. So, um, you know, it's we find it hard to believe things that we can't see. And, um, you know, I think for this paragraph, when it talks about being unreasonable and biased, I definitely was unreasonable and biased about this program. Like, I really didn't believe um, about the allergy and, and that type of thing and that there was a um, higher power that would be concerned about my food. And, um, you know, I did believe in God, but I just didn't think that God would be concerned about me. And... Um, I think also when in this paragraph when it was talking about the time when um, folks were not believing in the flight, they didn't have like Facebook Live and all these things that we have today where you can like really see what's going on in the world, all over the world. Um, so, you know, that it was something they couldn't see. So, you know, it kind of, I can really relate to this, um, you know, I can't see my higher power, I can feel the presence, and, you know, I I have definitely come to believe. So, um, you know, I think this program is just amazing in that um, it really, you know, through this big book, it really walks us through um, all, everything that we need to know about um, how to get well. So anyway, thanks everyone for listening, and I'll pass. Okay, thank you, Sue. Okay, Loretta H., you're up, followed by Esther C. Can you hear me because I forgot my earphones? This is Loretta H. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Loretta H., compulsive overeater, anorexic, raised with God's absence for today. And as I've shared um, on the vision meeting, uh, my abstinence is spiritual, and that's working the principles. I do have a uh, um, food plan, and I am aware of my alcoholic food, and I give it away every day. But this chapter, or this paragraph, just really I can identify in with the um, unbelieving and then the believing. Uh, I was in the industry that did that for a job. And I, of course, was an unbeliever, and especially after a bad day. But every time I landed with city life, I would have this almost electricity fly 
through me and the awe of it. And it was like, it was amazing. Even though I did it every day, it was always so amazing. And that had to be the presence of God. And today with my program and working these steps and working with others and being absent, I can feel that awe in my life. And that's because of this program and because of you guys and the healing I've gotten from everything, the steps, God, everything. And it just, like right now, I'm thinking about my life and I'm thinking I wouldn't change it for anything. And OA has given me a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I'm 72 years old now, so I can't believe that I can live in this old body and be grateful. And, um, yeah, it's just given me a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I never wanted to be a compulsive overeater, but it's the best thing that ever, ever happened to me today. And God's grace is um, with working steps and being accountable and honest has really um, been the awe that I used to get when I was landing in a different city. And I didn't even know that I could acquire that. And it's only through working the steps that's how I acquired a God of my understanding. So thank you very much. And everybody have a great and blessed day. Happy weekend. And enjoy it with God's grace. Bye. Thank you so much, Loretta. Okay, Esther C., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Good morning. This is Esther C., a recovered compulsive overeater in Canada. Um, the story about the Wright brothers, I, I remember when I was younger, I thought their story was one of those, if you don't succeed, try, try again stories where, you know, all winter they would be building and then all summer they'd be testing and, and having failures. But in, uh, I once had the opportunity to do some little extra reading as I was teaching it to students. And, and there was one point where one brother turned to the other and said, hey, we've been thinking about the wind wrong. And that's why everyone else has been failing. And they had some new ideas. And, you know, we know the rest of history, and they succeeded. When, when it came to my food problem, it was the same issue. My, my food problem remained unsolved for the same reason, because I, I did try many things, right? I tried diets. I tried the food combining. I tried exercise, weight loss clinics, every type of, you know, imaginable uh, program out there to lose weight. There were a lot of different ideas, but they always addressed the food or the calories or some, you know, some combination of, of both of them. And I never had any success, um, even on the, you know, short term where I would lose weight. Food was always on my mind, and I always had uh, thoughts about food, even through white-knuckled abstinence. But when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, even though I, I was a believer, it wasn't a big leap for me. Um, the idea of a higher power, but my leap came from this idea that the solution to my food problem was going to be a spiritual one, which made no sense to me. Everyone knows, if you ask anybody in the street, they'll tell you, you want to lose weight, eat less, exercise, move more, burn calories. But now I'm being told in Overeaters Anonymous that adopting a spiritual way of life is the solution to my problem. So I'll be honest and tell you that today I don't necessarily understand the connection or if I could explain it, but my own experience has proved to me that when I adopted a spiritually growing way of living, which is based on a developing relationship with my higher power, I have solved my food problem. 
So my own experience teaches me that um, the spiritual solution has solved my problem. And that, I think, is what the authors of the big book trying to tell us. They're saying you would imagine, like, but for those of us who, who believe in, and are in the high power, for those of us who don't, they're begging us to consider something outside the box in order to solve our problem. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. Okay, Barbara E., you're up, followed by Laura S. Good morning. Barbara Starwan. Okay, there you are. Thank you. Uh, right. I'm sorry. God, I am an addict. And God, only God can fight the addict in me. I now accept that things have happened in my life and changes have occurred that I can't explain based on my own human understanding. Logic is great stuff. It's not by chance that we've been given the power to reason. But for me today in 2019, it is more sane for me to believe in the theory that there is a God that I call not me that can save me. I was in so much pain and so much, so beaten down. And you claim to have found the solution. And even though I hadn't yet accepted your theory, I was mangled enough to be willing to test your proposition that there was an outside power, this not me, that could solve my problems if it were sought. My faith in my own reasoning capabilities seemed to be inadequate. It seemed to me that I was doomed to die in misery. I needed to find another way because my way was killing me. I needed a new life manager. And that turned out to be this formless, ever-changing, loving God of my own creation and loved me warts and all. I found I had to stop ducking the issue. I did not want to be like that starving donkey, incapable of making a decision which bale of hay to go to for sustenance and consequently starving to death. I wanted to live and be a better person, and I knew I had no power and certainly no control. So I was convinced. I took the leap of faith. I ran to live, to face each day with gratitude. And now it's about how I feel in the morning and when I go to bed every night. In the midst of despair, there was always hope. I must never give up. And that's what this program program has given me, a bit of emotional security. Here in New Jersey, our highways have rumble strips. If we, if we veer over them, the car vibrates and let us know when we're veering out of our safe lane. That's my higher power, keeping me going in my lane and letting me know if I'm ever going over that rumble strip of recovery and possibly into danger to course correct and head north to the North Star. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful, abstinent, joyous, serene weekend. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Laura S., you're up, followed by Anita J. Good morning. A vision for you. It's Laura, compulsive overeater in Virginia. And um, uh, we asked ourselves this, are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit 
the realm of the spirit is so powerful. My, my only problem is that I just have to believe. And remember that uh, just in the 50s, late 50s, uh, the American Association of Psychiatry uh, recognized that alcohol was an addiction. It took a lot of time. And still now, there are people uh, that don't believe that a higher power can save us from insanity uh, in the food, in alcohol, in drugs. And uh, it makes me kind of sad to have to explain, and do, do I have to explain? The realm of the spirit is for me because I'm kind of chosen and I'm so lucky to be in that program to be saved from uh, compulsive overeating uh, one day at a time, uh, drugs, alcohol, and name it. But, you know, I, I'm from France and I'm going to France now and uh, I, I'm struggling with something because my, my brother is really huge and he's a compulsive overeater and he lives in misery and he will never accept well maybe god knows i'm not god that a power greater than himself can restore can restore us into sanity and i don't know how to explain him i'm just a living proof maybe uh but even you know explaining to my friends why i don't need i don't want to and i cannot uh, eat bread and sugar it's going to be very difficult and uh, my food plan is going to be very erratic because i cannot exactly uh, uh, but I, I count on god and the realm of the spirit it cannot be proved it's like uh, james when he wrote the uh, experience um, the spiritual experience that uh, um, and and uh, it just works. Does it have to be uh, proven? I don't think God has to be proven. It has to be felt and, and trust. But it's very hard to people, some people, to come to that reality because God is a reality. Whatever the, the name uh, we give and the, the concept we have about God, for me, it's an immense positive force. It's Abba, uh, the father uh, in Hebrew. And uh, there's nothing I cannot do without him. But there's nothing I can do without him. So will that I'll pass. And thank you very much to a vision for you and that paragraph. Have a great day. Thank you, Laura. And Anita J., you're up, and then we'll open it up. Hi, so this is Anita J, uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Um, thank you, Katie, and all who have shared so far. I I spotted a line, or I heard it, went to my soul today that I never even underlined, which was, was it not true that the best mathematical minds had proved man could never fly? I could just put in there, wasn't it true that for 36 years, Anita had proved that, oh, that she had done absolutely everything and still could not stop being a chronic relapser? I could prove it. I, I realized I spent so much of my life showing you 
that poor girl, she's done everything she can. She, I made contact with a God. It's the same God um, after one year in this program. But contact, intermittent contact, is not surrender to a to my God. That, but you see, I wouldn't look. I wouldn't look and thank you, God. Finally, and it was really through vision for you. I know we shouldn't just raise up one meeting, but Harlan is right. This is the Renaissance. I mean, at least from someone who's been, you know, mucking around in the rooms since 1978, I never left. Tried the different kinds, not even all of them, but some of them, and. Um, it used to be raised up the abstinence. By God, if you were entirely abstinent, by God, you're going to get it. You know, all you got, all you got is a is a miserable. They were, you know, I, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. The abstinence is the bridge over. My gosh, I heard that here. It's the bridge to this new world. My life has become huge. You know, I'm an old, old broad. And I've just got the most youthful haircut. I, I cannot believe it. And, I'm, you know, I'm going to go on my first cruise. I mean, these have a little benefit. But everything's changed. It's topsy-turvy. But it's, it's just, just hear this enthusiasm. This is real just the way they found man could fly. Anita could soar on the wings of her God. It's just incredible. And everybody's with me. And that's what I like about it. I love you all. And I pass. Thank you, Anita. Okay, so if you've just joined us, we're um, reading the second paragraph on page 51. We asked ourselves this. So if you want to give me your first name and the first initial of your last name. Charles H. Mm -hmm. Linda D. Hi, from Charles Connecticut. H. Linda D. Irene B. Irene B. Eileen B., I think it is. Irene. I-R-E-N-E. I-R-E-N-E. Okay. Linda H. Okay. Anyone else? Judy K. Judy K. Aaron E. Aaron E. Can take a couple more. Ramona A. Dionor. Ramona and Dionor. Okay. Okay. So I have Charles H. Linda H. Irene B. Judy K, Aaron E, Ramona A, and Dion R. Go ahead, please, Charles. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Okay, there you are. Okay. Yep. Just wanted to give you a second. That's that, that's that delay pause when you're, you're really working 10 and 11. Thank you, Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And the five things that, that the big book has taught me, you know, I'm pretty sure we know the promises, right? We know the we know the uh, 
We know the conditions. We know the prayers. We know the warnings. But the big book, you know, the questions are powerful. We ask ourselves this. Are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as were the ancients of the realm of the material? And, you know, we're going to hear next week about the spiritual liberation from our problems. Now, I do have a dude. I'm going to keep it official. I do have a dude at work that the old Charles would have beat the crap out of him, undermining me, gossiping in front of my face. You know, I come from a rough area that if you don't act a certain way, then um, people will run over you. But, you know, that was my bias, right? That was my block. That was my that was that was what was destroying me, right? And bias means prejudice against a group, a person, a place, a thing, a situation, right? So if I could set aside that bias, you know, I want to share a, a, a victory. I think I shared last week, Friday, and I said, you know, I said to a, a person, I don't know, you know, a, a sponsoree, I said, I, I don't know, because I don't, right? I don't know, because my bias be telling me that I do know, but I really don't know. But anyway, the victory was we talked yesterday, and she was like, you know what, now I comprehend. I commenced to, to comprehending about that bias in me. And I was like, man, look at God, right? Look at the realm of the spirit. Like, if I can set aside bias, let me tell you, man, I'm a fiery dude. I got resentments every day, fears, anxieties, all that stuff. Um, I had bias against, like, if you got bias against the people in this meeting, I invite you to come to Newark, New Jersey and see them. It's real. I see them in Boston. I see them in California. I see them in New Jersey. I see them in uh, Virginia Beach. Come on out. Pull up. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles. Okay, Linda H., your turn, followed by Irene B. Do you mean Linda D., Katie? I do. I knew it was wrong, but I just figured you would come <laughs> on. Okay, <laughs> I Sorry. thought that is not right, but I couldn't think of the other letter. Sorry. That's okay. Um, hmm. Well, um, I'm sure when I've, I've been in the program a really long time and I've been recovered for a little over five and a half years. And um, I'm sure the first time I read this, I went, huh? And uh, it's a little bit later and I'm recovered. And so I have a different, uh, different perspective. Um, uh, when I started, I'm sure there was a lot more than, huh? It was like, no way, this is crap. And uh, the realm of the spirit wasn't real and all that, because I was an atheist, and God really had to show up. And I did the work, and uh, over time, I could see that God really was real. But that's not going to prove anything to people who are listening if they don't know that yet. And it's a yet, because if you do what is prescribed in the book like I did eventually, sooner or later I got the drift of this, uh, you get to find out God's real. So it doesn't matter uh, what people, uh, what does it say, the best minds prove that man could never fill in the blank, uh, or people say that God, mm-hmm, yeah. But the thing is about what we're reading and what we're going to read is that this force shows up. 
and I hear it on the line. I hear it in my own enthusiasm and my friend with her youthful haircut and all of that. I'm 75 years old, honey, and I'm a little hottie. I cannot believe it. I am better than I was in high school. And maybe the body's older, but it's remarkably improved or uh, corrected by God's grace and doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm having a good time. And i got real problems just like everybody else. So if I can do it, anybody can do it, but I have to follow these directions and give uh, this invisible power, seemingly invisible power, a chance to show up. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Okay, Irene B., it's your turn, followed by Judy K. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I am Irene B., a recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm really, really enjoying this chapter, and uh, something that, that really struck me, even the first time I read this chapter, which in the first time that I read this chapter, it didn't. I didn't get it. I'm getting it now. But what got me was that they talked about the advancements of science. And it's like, what does that have to do with the price of jeans in China? You know, I, I, I um, and, and now I get it. I get it. But, um, but in my case, I, I, I something that really uh, um, speaks to me now is that I speak about how I, I. A million dollars worth of therapy didn't get me recovered that God and the 12 steps and my sponsor and the program did. But without all the help that I got through therapy, I would have been irrecoverable, a lost puppy. I needed that. I needed that really badly. But it wasn't enough. I needed God to come into my life and to believe in him and to have a relationship with him. I believed in God. First, I thought he didn't care about me. And then I realized that he did very much. But I just couldn't establish a relationship with him. And that was the kicker. And I needed I needed all the resources that have come to 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 be made or discovered over the last hundred years, but I, I needed God first and foremost, but I needed it all. I really needed it all, and I just wanted to be very clear about that because if there's somebody out there who needs additional help, they need to avail themselves of the help, in my opinion. And that's, I, I take it back. That is wrong. I shouldn't say that. I needed help, and I needed to avail myself of all resources. And I have availed myself, and, and one of those resources was the therapy and uh, special processes and a vision for you is huge. Yes, I need to avail myself of a vision for you. 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. Yes, all of it. 
all of it. Leave no stone. I could not leave any stones unturned. But the thing I couldn't do is the time, please. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene. Okay, Judy Kay, it's your turn, followed by Aaron E. Judy, press star one to unmute, please. Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> this yeah. is Judy uh-huh. Kay, recovered in North Carolina. Uh, thank you so much for your service. Um, so every paragraph in this book speaks speaks smiles. Um, and this one is making me very aware, very aware of how much humility it takes to really believe and trust in God. Um, so so he has done so many miracles for for me. Um, and and yet, and yet, if I could only shut up and listen, shut up and show up and observe, there there are so many miracles every day. Uh, it's interesting about all the scientific minds. I have a spiritual teacher who often says that the refrigerator um, gets plugged into a source of electricity and can do its job. And when the refrigerator gets unplugged, the refrigerator asks the electricity, where do you go? When I'm not plugged into you, where do you go? Do you really exist? And so electricity says to the refrigerator, what chutzpah, what nerve you have? I have been here always. I've always been here. I always will be here. You, you're an invention only decades old. And you question whether I'm here? So um, with that, all I can say is whenever I'm plugged into him, whenever I'm plugged into my higher power, who is always there, miracles abound. And when I choose to uh, flip the switch and look the other way and get stuck in my own head and not reach out to newcomers and not be sponsoring. Um, That's when the loneliness and isolation and the doubt comes back. Um, And by the grace of God, these 12 steps, like Carlin says, it's not for people who uh, want it. And it's not even for people who need it. It's for people who work it. And he needs to know two things. One, that God exists and I'm not him. And uh, the the strength we get from these calls, um, thank you, Vision, for you and everybody who's on the line. Thanks for that. I'll pass. Thank you, Judy. Okay, Aaron E., it's your turn, followed by Ramona A. Thank you. This is Aaron E., compulsive reader in New York. I'll just start my timer. Yeah, I love this passage. Uh, it always brings up for me a memory when I was very young, eight or nine years old, and I was carrying what my grandmother called a spare tire. She found a newspaper article that she clipped out and gave to me, which was a warning that uh, 
individuals who do not lose their extra weight before the age of 18, 19, before the end of puberty, uh, have a statistical unlikelihood of ever uh, taking it off. And she wanted to impress upon me how important it was that I solve this issue when I was young, because otherwise I could be sentencing myself. And, and that, was, that was the solution that she had. Go find information, scientific, irrefutable information, and bring it back so that I can make a logical decision. And it was not a solution to compulsive overeating, which is what I suffered from. And so when I did finally come to the rooms, still overweight, in my 30s, I was 33 years old when I walked into my first meeting, and they were talking about, uh, I think, the big book story window of opportunity about a kid at 18 who found AA. And everybody in the room was saying, oh, my God, what a blessing to get it so young. I found myself saying, well, I guess I'm too old. I guess grandma was right. I guess I missed it. And I'm glad that I kept coming back and I ignored that voice because as much as those statistics may have been accurate at the time the article was written, I have lost my weight through the grace of God in this program after the age the article said was statistically likely. Statistics don't apply to me or my individual life. What what the overall average is, I'm trying to get a miracle here. I don't need, I can't rely on the statistics because I'm trying to beat the odds. I'm trying to, to reach beyond myself and reach for something that I've never done before and that people keep telling me isn't doable or might not be doable because look at the look at the records. People can't fly. We look at how many people haven't flown before, you know. I mean the science is in. We we've we've solved the problem. Um or the problem can't be solved. But if I want something miraculous to happen in my life if I want to get something that I haven't gotten before I need to reach beyond myself I need to get a new understanding whatever I understand when I come into these rooms doesn't matter because it hasn't worked for me and all the stuff in the book in the previous chapters has has talked about that knowledge even self-knowledge even your deep understanding of your own inner working isn't going to work it's not going to change because you had that knowledge when you came in you came into the room for something else and that something else is going to require you to open up your mind and say, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what I'm wrong about, but I got it. I might be wrong about something. Let me try it these people's way. And what has worked for me in this room has been turning it over and finding a power greater than myself and working these steps, which have opened me up to a whole new way of seeing the world and have achieved that shift that makes it possible for me to live one day at a time without overeating. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Okay, Ramona A., it's your turn, followed by Dion R. Hi, uh, this is Ramona A. in Vermont, Recovered. And thank you, everyone, for your service and for all that you've said this morning. You know, I guess I could almost say ditto to everything. But what came to mind to me was how incredibly arrogant we are as human beings to think that because we haven't done something, don't know something that it that it isn't known and can't be done and never will be, you know. And we see that all over the world. We see that with, you know, leaders who think they're going to live forever and all of that. Well, I saw it in myself too. And what was in myself was you know, I I know I was born a compulsive overeater, you know, two days old, and I was probably eating compulsively, you know, whatever. But as soon as I could 
be aware of my thinking and whatever. I wasn't aware of my arrogance, but I survived on my intelligence and my thinking and my analysis, just like I survived on food. You know, those were the those were the things that kept me safe because the world was a scary place. And with that, it really when I came into OA, you know, I didn't have trouble believing in a higher power. I believed in that, but I had never believed that, even thought that God was going to help me with this issue. You know, it was I had to resolve this by myself, and I had to be the strong one. And I always said to myself, well, I can do whatever I need to do, you know. But this I couldn't do. This I couldn't, you know, take care of by myself. So I came to OA and I got abstinent and all of that and lost the weight and then I left for a while and finally I had to be humble enough to come back and say this is the only thing that's going to work for me and just to um, just um, follow and then over the years since I've been back follow more and follow more and follow more and learn more and learn more and surrender more. And now, you know, the idea of am I relying on myself or relying on God, you know, my fears is always relying on myself, but I am learning more and more every day to rely on God. And that truth is there for me. So thank you. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Ramona. <clears throat> okay, Deanna, it's your turn. Hi, good morning. Hi, Katie. This is Deanna, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thank you, guys. Uh, just being reminded in this paragraph and everyone sharing uh, how how great my God is and how arrogant, like someone said, we can be, or I'll say I can be, my little mind. Um I just uh, just so grateful. It was just such a good. T- everything I've heard was, you know, magnificent. Oh, and it's like, how dare me to question God? You know. Uh, I look back at my life and I say, I survived. Um, even Go when ahead, I went. Okay, even when a, a relative had died a couple of years ago, and I was questioning that. And um, uh, my his brother, my uncle at that time, was alive too. And he said, you know, I hate be, to be the one, because <laughs> he was a Bible scholar, I wasn't. And he would say, I hate to be the one to question God, you know, um, considering everything he's brought you from. and Or he said, he was talking about himself from, and he was like, I don't know. He said, but I think it's okay to ask him questions, but... You know, uh, interrogating him, I don't think that's part of the process. <laughs> like, prove this to me. Why did you do that? Like, he owed me something. I, you know, I'm grateful to keep food now with you guys' help. I have a program in a, that I can stay connected to. And and so how am I going to, I mean, my higher power, for me, I really believe, granted me this program the first time, you know, when when, when it was time for my grandmother to leave in 89. So how am I questioning him about everything else he do? You know, if it wasn't for him, I couldn't keep uh, ice cream out of my mouth. I couldn't keep it out of my mouth for half an hour. I had a birthday cake for my daughter's 16-year-old sweet, 
Sweet 16 birthday years ago and, and couldn't stop that. You know, and I'm still up there eating her cake, me and another person, while they're down there, whatever, you know, in the basement. So I'm learning. I don't know it. I don't have it. I thought I was the best mother in the world, you know. No, I wasn't. So I'm not the best compulsive overeater in the world, but I'm also not the, um, I'm not the best liar in the world <laughs> no more either. I'm just a, a part of the of the uh, the whole uh, like someone said, that what stuck out to me so much was the refrigerator analogy. I love it. If I don't plug into it, it's not going to work. It's going to go, you know, it's not going to do what it's supposed to do, keep cold food cold. It's going to go hot and warm, and I'm going to get sick if I try to eat off that. So I'm learning to stay plugged in and realizing I don't have all the answers. I don't even know if I have any. I just say, well, I got a 3.75 grade point average in college. Don't mean a don't mean a thing without my higher power and common sense, you know. If I don't remember my last relapse, which I stick with, and keep that to my dying day, then I know I will might repeat it. I will never forget that last day. Not what I was doing, but the feeling of desperation. And with that, I'll pass. Guys, keep coming back in an open mind, and I guarantee you uh, it'll get better. Thanks. Thank you, Dion. Okay, we have time for one more person who would like to take this that. This is Larry. Larry. Go ahead, Larry Kay. Hey, good morning. How are you? Thanks for uh, thanks for your service, Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Such beautiful shares. You know, one thing that I I was thinking about as people were sharing this morning is how many times when I was in program that, um, you know, I asked for the God of my understanding, you know, to, to, to release me from temptation. And then, and then I would find myself walking right into the temptation every time, you know, I would walk into the temptation and, you know, that it's funny, Dr. Bob, one of the things that he said to people, because when he talked about easy, does it, he said, easy, does it doesn't mean, you know, just kind of, relax and and don't do you know take the actions and do the work easy does it means while you're in the midst of calamity and challenge in your life while you're in the midst of that you need to be able to be brought into alignment with the higher power and one of the ways you're going to do it is by working these steps so you got to get ready to get busy and so that's and and he would say you know don't get honest with me don't worry about getting honest with me when you're when i put my makeup on in the morning when i'm shaving in the morning when I look in the mirror, that's the guy I need to be uh, to get honest with, you know. And and so, you know, that's one of the things that Dr. Bob said, and it really informs me because if I work these steps and I do not have some sort of transformation, some sort of change, call it a spiritual awakening, call it a personality change, whatever you want to call it, I could work the steps and tell people, as I did, that I was working the steps and nothing is happening. All I'm getting is temporary sobriety. Well, you can, yes, there are people on this line, as I was, that worked the steps and did not have an effective spiritual awakening sufficient to drive out the obsession. We need to be open to a change where we're no longer in charge. God's in charge. If that doesn't happen, um, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to put the food down for long or we're going to be miserably abstinent. When it does happen, I'm brought into alignment with God. God takes the wheel. Everything changes. Everything changes. So with gratitude, I pass. Thanks.
Thank you, Larry. Okay, well, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, August 30th, 2019, 7 a.m. meeting is 13,340. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to be Suggestive Only. It will be my honor. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.